Chris Shop of Maniacs. You are listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show podcast all about websites. I'm Dave Rupert. With me is Chris Coyer. Hey, Chris. Hey. 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 I got a new mic. Probably sound different. Probably sound more luxurious, more radio. More. Uh, mm, yeah. I'm on a morning show. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a podcaster who gets millions of dollars from from Spotify now. This is beautiful. Uh, this is where I want to be. Though. Yeah. You went with the uh, the Shure MV7, right? Shure MV7, the all USB guy. It actually can XLR too, but I, I don't want to have any audio gear on my desk. So that's oh, my choice. XLR too? I, yeah. I figure like nobody buys it for the XLR, though. No. You buy it because it re- does not require an audio exactly. interface. Exactly. And then I got a little gauge on here. I can. E- I think I can even make it like a live, like you know, like anyway. But I'm not gonna do that anyway. Hey, Chris, who who do we got here today? <laughs> oh, this is a fantastic guest, Mr. Keaton Taylor. How you doing, Keaton? Hey guys, how's it going? Do it great. Yeah, we. This is a. This is this is random how it came about. But let me start at the start here, just because I think it's kind of a fun way to be in it. I just because you tagged at Shop Talk Show in a tweet, and we have this Twitter account for Shop Talk Show, tens of tweets a month, you remember, which is actually probably more like three or four, yeah, five maybe. Yeah, we haven't been living <laughs> up to the uh, goals. But we tweet when there's a new show, you know? Right. I just, yeah, that's I what matters. Know. Just in time yeah. tweeting. Yeah, it's yeah. like the RSS Twitter kind of feed. But we do check the the ats, you know, I have a Twitter search for it and stuff when we're being vain, so we see stuff like this. <laughs> And Keaton, I'll read it. I remember writing, be a guest on Shop Talk Show on a vision board in 2014, the ancient times, and which I thought was funny. It's like, well, this is the first time on your show, as far as I know, right? Yeah. And then, and then, and then it says, it's interesting how much we just calm down and do the, to do the work as we grow older. Meaning that, uh, it's almost ironic that you're on because you wanted to be on in the past and now you have stopped caring. <laughs> in a way, and now we have you on. In, in a way, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I think get started on something and you're really excited about it all the time. That's the only thing you think about. And you start digging into the content around that thing and this being sort of like web design and, and front-end development. And you get so hyped on these certain like pieces of the community. And Shop Talk Show is one that I grasped onto really early Um it was just so informative and so fun. And I could, ju- at the time, like all the live shows, like I could jump into the chat and just kind of shoot the breeze with some of the other folks who were, who were, were listening as well. And, and so it was just like all encompassing. But then you kind of get further into your career and you figure out that like all that stuff is cool and you still listen to the podcast episodes and you, you come back around to it every once in a while or whatever. But it just, it isn't all encompassing anymore. You, you kind of have the skill set to do the work, to go home and not think about anything that has to do with the work really until you have to go back to the work the next day. I see. I see. Yeah. It's a, a calming down. I'm saying it's a good way of putting <laughs> yeah. it like you did. Just sort of, just sort of ease up a little, take about 30% offer. Do you think that's like the, the new mentality, right? Like I'm new, like I'm hyped. I'm going to just go learn everything. I'm going to like be in, I'm download everything anyone meant, talked about today. Is that like the, the, the kind of, I don't know. Are you susceptible to hype or something in your early career? I, I don't think it's just early career. I think I still get susceptible to hype. Like I'm, I'm always, you know, tracking all the Apple garbage um, because, I, because I do. Um, and I, I still get psyched about like, you know, every time something new releases in Figma, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go try that out. Um, but I think it's just a matter of, um, understanding when to go, I don't need to do that right now. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go play with my kids. This, this just doesn't matter right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, there, there's always new stuff. That's what you, once you, I think, realize that there's always new stuff and like, I'm just going to, I'm going to be too tired chasing this all the time. I feel like that's <laughs> yeah, where a hundred percent. It was a nice relaxing for me where, where I, where I felt like for a long time, part of my career, or I could tell myself that that was my job. I had to know what was going on because of CSS tricks, you know, and this show to some degree. But and then now that I don't have that 
that excuse has gone away, which which is a, a bit a bit freeing in a way. Do y'all know that like spoons theory or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. it, but it's just like basically like you have so many spoons, and these spoons represent your like represent your emotional bandwidth, and you're basically like, I'm out of spoons. I'm out of F's, you might say. I'm out of F's or spoons to care. Uh, so I, I just, I'm out. And so, how does everybody know spoons? It's like the worst analogy, but somehow <laughs> the best analogy. Well, I, I personally resonate because I only have, we have six spoons, 32 forks, and like eight <laughs> knives. In your drawer? Oh, yeah. I don't oh know. Only the spoons fall in the garbage disposal, too. That's like oh, a Oh, we had that well at our house. Now, all of a sudden, we have like 48 of each now. They're like overflowing in the drawer because Miranda was like, enough. <laughs> You're getting a zillion yeah. Okay. Spoons. Yeah, that's good. I I, I I like spoons. You know what I like spending my spoons on? Just the stupidest. The stupidest. The stupider the thing I can spend a spoon on, the better, you know? Absolutely. Okay. One, two, yeah. three. Let's say our stupid spoon. <laughs> what's, what's, what's your stupid spoon? Ready? One, two, three. Gundam. Cruise celebrity <laughs> drama. <laughs> Good. Okay. That's good. You said cruise YouTubes? Yeah, but literally not cruising YouTube, but YouTube's like, about taking cruises. Cruise. Ooh, good. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of cruise content on, on YouTube. That's enjoyable. I follow quite a few off-grid uh, families in Idaho and Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, and That's good. Yeah. Nice. My best is if it's a subject that I like and there's some like ASMR quality to it, that's, yeah, that's yeah, clutch yeah. to me. If I can watch some like very soft spoken British man tell me about <laughs> the do's and don'ts of cruising. Mm, mm. Good. <laughs> what were you saying, Keaton? Oh, I, I, you know, the, the more you can just prep yourself for when everything goes wrong, especially, I mean, for you, Dave, you're living in, in Austin, right? Yeah, yeah, we just occasionally lose electricity. It's fine. It's but fine. the problem, Norm- the problem with Austin is it's just surrounded with so much Texas. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like the well, biggest challenge. <laughs> there's benefits too, but it is. I don't know. It's a it's a good place. Uh, there's good people, but it, it is. It's like um, I just wish my power wouldn't go off. So I have to have an element of yeah. prepper lifestyle. That's right, off grid lifestyle. Why so, don't you get the little Tesla wall thing? Uh, well, well, when you get into it, the Tesla wall thing doesn't quite have enough power. To, uh, you uh, need two of them, three. Well, of them. it's like twenty grand, and it kind of doesn't. You need two of them, and they kind of don't go for a long time. But I would, I don't know, if it like that is sort of like a minimum solve. That I don't know. What I hate about. Sorry, this is not the prepper podcast. But what I hate no, about it's it, great. We can talk about whatever we want after this. What I hate about it is when. It's like, oh man, you need to know how many watts you use. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let me just go like read the back of my refrigerator bill? or yeah. something. Yeah. Every one my of your light bulbs. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I don't. It's so stupid. And then people are like, here's a watt gauge I got on Amazon. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, for that's for one plug. I'm not man. moving the refrigerator. <laughs> like, mm. what? I don't. Anyway. Uh, well, Hopefully we'll, your electric bill just says, but I'm sure it doesn't. But it's in like would... kilowatt hours, you know. It's not like yeah. days without uh, electricity, you know. Still, <laughs> yeah. oh, like see. I'm going to run my house a little bit different, you know, when the oh right when, when you don't, when the power you don't need goes to out. like you don't need to run the the blender that day. That's yeah, optional. we're not Vitamixing on, on <laughs> uh, no margaritas when the power's out. Mm-hmm. No hair dryer, no Vitamix, you know. So. A little different. You're in Wichita, right, Keaton? True dreams. Yeah, yeah. South South Central Kansas. South Central Kansas. Yeah, right on. Which is um, in South Central Kansas, I hear. <laughs> Wichita's cool. Wichita's the next Portland. I'm going to say that here. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, that's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as like a, a sound grab to to play at uh, Wichita Startup Week. Dave Rupert says. Uh, <laughs> Wichita's cool, man. I think there's there's cool things about it. So I've never been, but I, I assume that I would like it as a it's, as a Midwestern you know, fanboy. What's really interesting about Wichita, and I didn't know this coming here, is there's this like um there's a developer community here 
that's actually really robust and really active. There are folks here that are working at like Lattice, um, Zapier, uh, a bunch of those companies. And also this is like the air capital of the world. So we have tons of aeronautics companies here that are doing oh, a really? ton, a ton of really interesting, like pretty experimental things with drones and with um, airplanes in general. Harrison Ford comes here a lot. Just throw Ooh. that out there. That guy knows how to crash a plane. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> The expert. <laughs> well, that's cool. And you're at Discord, right? Front end. Yeah, yeah. I've been at Discord for about a year. Never heard of it. What does Discord do? <laughs> uh, it's like it's like complicated um, IRC chat. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fancy IRC. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. It's one of those apps where it, it, it moves a lot because for one, everybody I feel like famously knows that you can't use Discord for two hours without a freaking green arrow showing up in the <laughs> UI that says to freaking download 10 updates. So people are clearly doing work. But I've, I joked at one time that like I've never, what I do in Discord is I open it up and I see what people are saying and I may or may not type a paragraph back to them in in the chat, right? That's what I've done in Discord for many years. And you're like, 78,000 updates later, I still <laughs> type paragraphs to people. That's the that's what I yeah, do. Yeah, we're, we're shipping code really regularly. I mean, not me. I say that it's more the royal we. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, but it is a it is a great product and 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 wildly beloved. So we won't dr- grill you, of course, on what Discord is doing and such. Um, I don't know. I'm calmed down to the point where I I like I care for for you and for the the company and stuff, but I'm not like foaming at the mouth for what companies might be doing. You know? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And <laughs> and if you look at like the Discord Reddit, everybody has poked holes in everything that we've ever done and been like, oh, I I know how to launch this thing that's not released yet <laughs> check it out um oh, it's wow. just like it, it's it's uh it's a culture of people who are really really excited of, about everything we do and they're also very angry about it oh i see well i'm mostly curious about the like and you don't i realize you don't speak for discord leadership or whatever but it seems to share some spirit with reddit in in, in a way in that like the reddit business models always felt a little questionable you know you're like okay we're gonna have everybody on the entire internet come to the website and then we're gonna sell little stickers and the, <laughs> you know or whatever like i don't know i think that's how reddit works and discord is similar too it's like it's entirely free the entire robust amazing feature set of discord is free free and then i guess you get nitro which means your videos can be like five megabytes bigger <laughs> you know you're always like i get the deal but it doesn't like it's not the same as like if i buy this car then i have a car you know it's like the value add is a little confusing so i i think the biggest thing about about nitro is that it gives especially folks who fall into our sort of main user demographic, the ability to customize things in a way that gives, that lends their personality to their experience on Discord really, really heavily. And for folks who are doing things that are more like, you know, HD streaming or are more in sort of the gamer demographic, we Mm -hmm. have those features that are a part of Nitro that we can push to them for for bigger uploads for for hd video things like that um that is absolutely a value add for them but the folks who are just like i i'm just talking to three or four people (laughs) inside this server and there's no reason for me to decorate my profile with these three or four people like i i think one of the great things about discord is um leadership's very intent on like you know figuring out a, a business model that doesn't work off of selling people's data, essentially. And so that's, yeah. the, that's the sort of ethos behind a lot of the stuff that we've done. Um, but yeah, I mean, for some people, it's just, it's just not – some of those things aren't valuable. And then we also have like boosting, which is this sort of weird secondary thing that you can buy – where you can just on a server level add some of those those features that you want the server to have. So it's kind of yeah. a difference between personal things and server things. 
and kind of yeah, weighing between yeah. which one of those makes sense. I feel like Discord really nails the community. We use it for Shop Talk. Um, you know, where where it's like you the access through the Patreon gives you access to the Discord. You know, or I know like um, that API uh, thing is a big deal. Yeah, like, and it's something that competitors, quote unquote, don't have. And um, you know, and stuff like like I know like a friend and horse. You know, it's like if you're a sub to the channel, you get into the Discord. So like the community can kind, of, and that's like that's two things, but like there's thousands and thousands of streamers and they all have the same setup. You know, it's like if you, if you sub, you can get access to discord, you get the stickers, you know, and, and like, it's just cool. I don't know. Um, I, I like that vibe, um, that atmosphere. And then also, I mean, you know, Chris and I have a, a chat room with some folks in it, but you know, he, he having like levels, like, like, mods and stuff like that, which is essential to a community like that, you know, um, that, that was, that's a huge feature. And I don't know, I have another discord where it's just friends and we game, you know, and yeah, just nice. hop on. And when some guy's like, I can't, I'm on an airplane. It's like, cool. We're bro- I'm broadcasting the game to you now, like a private <laughs> yeah. Twitch, you know? And it's just, it's just cool. I don't know. It's like, very useful. It is, yeah. And and the community's aspect of it is huge. Like, you know, uh, so I got to Discord because our the the startup I was at before that got bought by Discord. So okay, we yeah. were building oh. a platform that was just specifically for talking to your friends, doing video chat, and playing games together. Like we had a game studio built into this this um startup where they were building things like um, versions of board games. So we had like um, Scrabble, essentially, or and like some other Catan things like that, or something like that. That yeah. was yeah, that was something that we were we were trying to figure out how to build at the time. And then Discord came along and was like, "Hey, you guys have been doing this for like less than a year, and you already have a million users like using this thing. We're going to buy you." Uh, and so that essentially like took this team of 30 people and shoved it into discord. And what we've been able to do is Hmm. start standing up a platform where we can do some of the same things that we were doing at this startup as we are now, but like much as sort of the weird path of me being on this podcast, like we were building this, um, this product and we kept talking to PMs and to our leadership. And it was like, I personally (laughs) kept going like, Hey, you know, we're not Discord. That's not what we are. That's not what we're building. And our <laughs> our PMs would be like, yeah, but but Discord does this thing. And I kept just like kind of hammering on that's that's not who we are. We're our own company. We have our own ethos. We're doing our own thing. Uh, and then it turns out maybe we are Discord. Like surprise, <laughs> just yeah, surprise. Maybe we are. So what did they want? Did they want? I mean, I'm not, I, again, if you can't talk about it, it's fine. But like, it's an acquisition always seems strategically weird when a company that does almost the same thing gets bought. You're like, why? You know, like I don't need you. We already do your thing. So I'm either buying your users, or the fact that like you have a bunch of professional expertise that's pretty similar. So it's a big. I get a. I get 30 employees for the price of yeah. the acquisition. Yeah, uh, and I mean. So I can't I can't speak to like what their mindset was, but I know from my from my perspective, I think the value for them was that you know they had launched an actual game store on Discord a couple of years before where you could buy AAA games and play them, um, mm-hmm. and it just didn't do as well as they had hoped. And so from then on, there was kind of this thing in the back of their mind of like, okay, well. And this is, again, my assessment where it's like, but could we have people doing things together that's not just like talking or streaming a game? What happens in between the raids when you're playing Dota 2 with your friends? Like what happens between then? And I think there was an opportunity to say, like, what happens between then? Scrabble. <laughs> like <laughs> you guys can play Scrabble um, or, or or something similar. So it's it's been um, it's been it's really interesting, interesting. That gaming legacy is held on so strong, which I think is cool. And I get that gaming is big, but it almost feels like the rest of the world is so much bigger. And Discord does so well communities that have nothing to do with gaming that I feel like almost like 
it's almost the non-gaming stuff is more interesting to me. Yeah, and and what we saw at Backyard, so that the company was called Backyard, um, that got got bought. But what we saw at Backyard was that we were getting these groups of like college students that were coming on the platform that were, you know, and, and this is pandemic times. And so those people couldn't go and do anything together, or it would be even more often like high school students and they couldn't go and do anything together. So they would jump on backyard in video chat in these like specific spaces kind of built for playing games together. And they would play games for hours and hours. Uh, and it got picked up by TikTok a couple of times and, and went like, Viral enough that it was like everybody was kind of all hands like, oh, crap, this is more people than we ever expected to use this at this point. Um, but like we got a beta out there and it, it 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 was it was really interesting seeing that people really wanted this sort of casual game experience on the Web. Yeah. Interesting. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Notion. You can get started for free at Notion.com slash Shop Talk. My favorite way to use Notion is to have everybody on your team use Notion to organize the work you do, talk about the work you do, get everybody on the same page and having Notion open because that is the home base for the business that you're running. Small example, we use it here at Shop Talk Show to manage our show calendar. That's one of the things that we have in our Notion. And it's a database, you'd call it. Don't be dissuaded by that term. It's really not that complicated. Uh, It's just kind of like a beefed up Excel spreadsheet in a way. Like I'm looking at it right now in table view and there's a list of dates. What are the shows that we're doing dropping? What's the number of the show? Who's on the show? Who are the sponsors from the show? What's the status of the show? Is it being... uh, Is it upcoming? Is it being recorded but not edited yet? Is it being edited right now? All that information is in our Notion. We also use the Notion API so that you, dear listener, can write in a question to Shop Talk Show. It uses their API and pipes that question right into an incoming questions database in Notion. And we can drag those questions onto the shows that we're about to do. Now, if that all makes sense to you, you can imagine that is a very adaptable thing for any kind of business flow. Now, I described the table view of this database. That same data can be viewed in different ways. With a click of a button, I can turn it into calendar view and be looking at that same data, but as a calendar, or I could view it as like Kanban cards and look at the status of all the different shows in different columns, which shows are in which position. That ability to look at data in Notion in different views and have that be so easy to filter and sort and arrange is the most powerful thing in Notion, I think. Uh, uh, Congrats on the new status thing too. That's a newish feature in Notion that's really powerful and cool. And of course, we're making use of all over the place. Uh, that's notion.com slash shop talk to start for free and take the first step towards organized, productive work and life today. One thing I got to know about is because you, you, you call yourself product designer, right? That is that the role you think so, yeah, yeah. you've mentioned Figma already. So you're, you're, you're into literally design or front end development too, or. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have always kind of played around with front end development. I actually like my first job, I walked into this place and my friend was working there and they were all essentially like, Hey, you need to learn HTML and CSS and you have like a couple weeks to sort yourself out enough that you can like draw some divs or write some divs with us. And so I I just kind of fell in love with it. And so I've been writing code, front-end code specifically since then, um, getting super deep into like Rails and React when I was working at um, another company called Apartment Therapy. Um, So it was, you know, designers were shipping code constantly. And what I've found is like sort of the deeper you head into the, UX and strategy and product focus of things, the less anyone wants you to touch anything but a pull request to make sure that everything looks okay. Um, It's like the deeper I've gone through this sort of career path, the more it's like all of my coding is hobby coding at this point. Uh, How does that make you feel? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dave. I guess... Yeah, I mean, I can like uh, that's it's interesting, and I, and I think that's 
I, I, you know, I, I think I felt that a bit in our organiz- tiny organization, but just like and some of it, I think is because of the complexity of code has exploded, you know, like operating in a very vanilla rails app, very pretty comforting, to be honest. It's just <laughs> HTML um, mm. and then curlies and some parentheses and percent signs, you know. Uh, but then like now it's just like you got to webpack the florps to the veet and make sure it, you know, like reduxes to the state tree. Is that because you're old though or not? Like, because you already have, you've already gone through so many eras that now you're in like whatever era 17 and you're like, I'm sick of eras. But if this was your era two, you might be like, this is normal and easy and fine. I've, I've wondered the same thing, honestly. Like, it, you know, I, I, I remember getting mad when Flexbox dropped and being like, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, oh, and then yeah. I love that. That response is good. They're like, I hate it. It doesn't do the one thing I want to do. Yeah. yeah I just want to center divs and this yeah. is not doing it the way I want it to. Yeah. But then, yeah. You know, you work with it, you figure out what the quirks are and you, you figured out and you keep going and then grid dropped. And it was like, why did we ever even do Flexbox? Mm-hmm. Um, especially from like a di- designer's perspective where I'm really like, I am, I'm designing this thing to be as simple as possible so that I can then have my, my front end engineer friend come over and just completely destroy my whole PR because nothing is set up correctly for rails or for, uh, for react. Mm-hmm. This will be fun then. So you now Flexbox and grid, if you could only pick one, which one? <laughs> I, I would go 100% grid because I'm because I, I just like it's easier. <laughs> like it just I don't have to wonder about things uh, whenever I'm using grid. Dave, uh, it's grid, but purely because it's it's like it's like Legos. It's like you go here and you go here and they go there. I don't, you know, and, and, that's and I the have end. <laughs> whereas Flexbox was like. All right, we're all going to jump on this uh, moving car and like then pick your seat. Is what it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like full scramble onto a moving car, and we're just going to like see if it works. You know, I would then- definitely pick grid too, except for that the the, the odd flex one. You know, and oh. I would miss that odd like just stretch yourself as far as you can go. You yeah, you know, you which is be big. Yeah, you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you be big. Yeah, I like Why that. Isn't but yeah, this grid's way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, always. Well, I was going to, I thought you maybe just more, like perhaps slightly stronger identified as front end or did more front end for, for, for Discord. It's not that you don't. I'm just, I, I wonder what that, because I was planning on asking, like, what is it, what does that even mean anymore? Like, like you know, to get into that, like, what the heck is a front-end developer anymore? But we could just we could just morph it to be like, what is your job anymore? You know, like, what is a product designer then? I, I think the the interesting thing is like I as I sort of have taken stock of my career, one of the things that's been interesting is the more I think about it, the more like. There was a long time when I called myself a designer when I was totally a front-end developer. And um, I was like, oh, of course, yeah, I'm I'm a designer. And then it would be like, well, how would you solve this problem? Well, the first thing I would do is I would pull open like our our rough component, and then I would start designing this thing in the browser. Uh, And while that doesn't make me not a designer, I was at the time much, much more like focused on just writing that code and pushing PRs and like I was reviewing other people's PRs. And I think the the way that that's morphed, like I said, is like writing less code. But also I think one of the things that stepping into more of a designer role now has given me is that I, I know how to speak that language. Um, mm-hmm. I, even though like I'm not, actively opening PRs and and doing those things, I still have the ability to sit down with our, you know, front-end engineers that we work with and say, 
hey, I think you know, we can do this. This is one way that you might want to think about this, especially because we're going to have to do like order one, order two on these things whenever it gets down to a smaller size. Like having the ability to have those discussions with that vocabulary is a completely different experience to a lot of product designers who are coming out of college and going to work at, you know, Meta, they're like in a new, new grad role who has never touched code in their life. And, or maybe they've taken a couple of front end classes in college, but they've never gone through like how much that doesn't really translate to being a front end engineer or a designer. Um, so I think the biggest the biggest thing is that benefit of being able to speak the language. Yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, I, I not to like compare. <laughs> I want you to compare yourself to coworkers, but uh, new new meta grads is great. Um, but like, I, it seems like having a being a product designer with a technical background is kind of radical because, like you're saying, you speak the language and and if. A developer ever has to like? Do you find yourselves in situations where a developer says like, "This isn't possible," or have you? Do you feel like you've already interpreted that, or like anticipated some of that? No, that's that's an that's an excellent excellent uh, observation because I think that's part and parcel of the the being able to speak the language. I think one of the things that is a <laughs> one of one of the traits that is not great that comes out of that is I am brutally practical. Uh, when it comes uh, to building okay. something, I I am not going to ask you to do like let's make this thing spin or whatever. Like I, I don't care about that. I am somebody described me once as a PM's designer <laughs> uh, because <laughs> I am constantly like, what can we pull out of this? What can we strip out of this to ship the easiest thing possible with the most polish possible without it becoming like just a, a spider web of, of bad. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of people fall into that trap and a lot of those folks are like the best UI designers around because they can go and do the stuff that's really beautiful and really awesome and really fun to look at. But when you're talking about products and the practicality of making sure that something just works, um, I have like, I, I have a real, distrust of flashy design when it comes to to building things for people that I need to work. Yeah. Do you find I would love to get your thoughts on like rework? Like it, from my perspective like building a product, we've been building Luro for kind of like consistently for like the last 9 months or something, but mm-hmm. uh like one thing I'm I'm just like, you know, let's just put it up. And then, like, get that MVP. You know, like, let's just get it, and then we'll like come back to it like later. You know, and like, I'm like, I think I'm like overly fine with it. I think I am super comfortable being like, yeah, it's kind of messed up, but whatever, that's fine. Like, you know, you're probably the the pressure is probably on to get it a bit more dialed in the first time. But like, I guess, what what are your thoughts on rework and how does it like? How does a product designer have to think about rework where I'm sure like perfectionism is a big piece and, you know, what, what do you think about that? So I, I definitely fall more to the side of I want to get something in front of people and get feedback as quickly as possible because the more that we sort of let something languish and we're making decisions and remaking decisions and remaking decisions, the less, I think, the less fresh something is going to be. Um, I, and I mean that on like a design and code basis. Like if you're, if you're consistently just shipping a bunch of stuff into your product that is kind of reworking the things that are already there to make sure like that this is, this, this has the perfect amount of polish. Um, you're going to be doing that forever. Um, not you personally, but like, I feel like us, like we will be doing Mm -hmm. that forever. And I know for me, I am, I like to find this <laughs> I like to find a balance between let's put this out there or put pieces of this out there that we know work and can can accomplish some of these goals. While we're doing that, let's go ahead and just talk to everybody. Like let's put a survey with a link that they can and that's one of the things I've been doing at Discord for like a the last survey? year. You have a Discord. That's right. Well, so <laughs> we use Discord for that. Like we we have what's called like the game lab, and it's a sort of public beta where people can go in and try out activities. And those people, when they're trying out activities, 
we have a survey link where they can go and fill it out and talk to us and say, like, these are the things I liked. These are the things I didn't. And yes, I would love to talk to you about this more in depth. And Mm. so Mm. we've done hundreds of interviews with people specifically about the things that we're working on in the platform ecosystem team. And that feedback has not driven what we've done, but it's informed what we've done. Because people, especially folks who really love Discord, they're going to call out the things that don't feel like Discord. In the same way that somebody who's using something that you're building are going to call out things that don't necessarily feel intuitive or they don't feel like they're working the way that would be expected. And you have to, especially like talking about rework, right? You have to have that sort of balance of um, a a point of view, uh, a strong opinion about what you're building. But I also think there's room there to to figure out if, your point of view matches up with the point of view that are using the folks who are building that you're building the thing for. Cause mm-hmm. I've been in situations where that was like backwards. <laughs> like we were like, this, this is great. Everybody's going to love this. this is perfect. And then we would ship a feature and every user would be, I mean, maybe not every user, um, but every, most users would be like, this is terrible. Like, this is not accomplishing what I need to accomplish. So as with everything, it depends. <laughs> It I depends. Guess. <laughs> There's like a weird, amazing serendipity here in that I think Discord has changed web development in a way of making rapid feedback cycles a lot more achievable. And that a lot of good software these days is good because there's a public discord for it. And that public discord becomes just a freaking hive of fans and users because they might not even join the Discord to be like, I have feedback on this API. <laughs> what they're right. going to say is, I'm, I have, this is busted. I'm having trouble with that. And when they say this is busted, the other thing that they're saying is, I couldn't find good docs for it. So you've learned that. And that, oh, there actually might be a bug. <laughs> and then you fix the bug or whatever. And, and then the, that, that cycle, you fix the things, you update the docs, you do whatever you have to do to, to help that one user. Now, it's a little mishmatch. Maybe I get the survey thing because the, when you have aggregate data like that, bigger and more important things can rise to the top. And if all you're ever doing is like immediately reacting to any Tom, Dick, or Harry that rolls into the, to the Discord, that's different. But I think if you do the Discord approach, approach long enough, you end up with good software, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the so to your point, that's exactly what we did at Backyard. Like, we opened up this Discord, invited a bunch of people into it that was specifically people who were already using Backyard uh, and told them, like, hey, find groups of friends here if you want to, but also, like, if you see anything weird, let us know because – we can we can address those things pretty quickly if you're if if you're seeing something weird and there are other people because because if somebody says that something is weird a lot more people are going to jump on and be like oh yeah i saw that same thing and then we can go and reproduce in the browser and and push a fix out relatively quickly and so that's what we were doing at backyard yeah it's like a live version of that what is that that thing that stripe remember the stripe thing the like friction journaling it's like oh, friction high speed, log. it's a high speed friction log Discord. it is I mean, it's a fire hose of friction logs yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um you learn real quick no I, that's pretty cool to think about just like getting like feedback and stuff like that is that something so discord the product tries to do these like surveys and kind of like informed kind of design decisions basically and and product decisions our team does like that's that's part of what we sort of brought over from backyard i i I don't want to speak for any other teams but i know that we have an excellent um data science team and we have a ux research team Um, a lot of the stuff that we do inside the platform ecosystem team we end up like conducting these interviews ourselves designers and pms and engineers for that matter. Um, Cause I think the closer we can get to the people who are actually using the thing on uh, inside that group, the better we're all going to be for understanding what the actual problems people are having are. Yeah, that's cool. I, there's yeah. The more I read and it's like the more there's no replacement for 
having your developers and people talking to customers, you know, like just rather than like, I don't know, the like old customer support call center <laughs> vibe, yeah. vibe, you know, just like. We have a CX team and that's where everything goes. I don't think that's a good plan. <laughs> right. Well, and, and then even as like a developer, like I could, if I saw like a piece of feedback and I don't want to be like inundated with like firehose feedback, but if I saw something come in and I could be like, oh, you know what, that's probably just a semicolon or, you know, that problem. And so like, or that problem could be addressed really quickly. You know, that, you know, you might not know that it might actually be more work to create a bunch of tickets and a bunch of, you know, PM meetings and triages just to get this like semicolon fixed or whatever. So This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by DQ, the makers of Axe. That is the Axe uh, DevTools plugin. It's a plugin that you install in your browser, and it kind of augments the, the, the browser DevTools to have a new tab called Axe. That's about all the accessibility information of the website that you're looking at, which is extremely powerful and useful. It basically runs the Axe suite across that website. So do you know how accessible your website is? Can people with disabilities access it and uh, and use it how it's supposed to be used. If you aren't sure, you can get started in minutes with the free Axe DevTools browser extension. You can install it in Chrome, Edge, or Firefox. Navigate to the website you want to test, open up the DevTools, go onto that tab, and hit the Scan All of My Page button. And within milliseconds, you'll get a list of accessibility issues with details and guidance about how to go about fixing them. So it's stuff like you know, mismatching labels and and color contrast and that kind of thing, all kinds of things that it's going to be testing your website for and then giving you advice on how to fix them. How amazing is that? It's incredibly useful. If you want everyone to be able to access your website, you need to start testing it for accessibilities and Axe is the perfect place for dev teams to begin that process. You don't need to know anything about digital accessibility to start using this, you know, very low bar. It's going to tell you what the problems are and how to fix them. So let Axe DevTools do the heavy lifting and try it for free today. That's DQ slash shop talk to get started. D E-Q-U-E dot com slash shop talk. I mean, how, how are you thinking about like user feedback and things like that for CodePen, Chris? Well, we're in this like pre-phase where I, I've already made our Discord. There is no public CodePen Discord yet to, for y'all, but it ex- I've made it and I'm ready to uh, invite <laughs> people to it. We have a plan, though, and it's, it's just kind of because we're, um, we're in this, the throes of like remaking, you know, like a next generation CodePen, right? And it's just taking forever because it's a huge product and all that stuff. So I always get like one little tear in my eye when, when people are like, yeah, we just ship code every day, little things to make the product better. And I'm like, yeah, well, we used to do that too, but it's a little different. <laughs> It's a little different when you're when you're under the big mega mega project, you know? Right. So yep. when that project rolls out, we've already talked and thought about this, you know, like there's going to be an alpha and the alpha is designed just for us. So it's a, it's going to be on production and it's going to be like we're playing with our product with with 100% production infrastructure and features. And yep. and once it's on production, like we've achieved this kind of alpha status. Maybe there'll be a handful of other people in the alpha, but 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 we're really thinking of it ourselves. And beta is that moment where we've cleaned it up enough that Basically, what the beta is, is Discord. It's like th- that we're going to flip a switch because everything is feature flagged on CodePen. It has been forever anyway. So we'll be able to f- hit a feature flag. But we'll we'll probably just because we're nerds, we'll, we'll API it, you know, that will turn your account on in Discord too, mm-hmm. you know. And there, there yep. might even be a moment, depending on how that goes, that you're a pro membership of CodePen means Discord access. And we'll just do the, all that programmatically, you know? And then nice. if you don't have Pro, you don't have the Discord kind of thing. Not necessarily as a perk, but just to, you know, keep the almost keep the riffraff out or something. Yeah. Have, make you have some investment in the product before I'm, like, listening to you in real time. You'll always be able to email us. But, like, if I'm going to read your Discord messages, there's <laughs> going to be some money involved, I'm afraid. 
Um, <laughs> so, but that's beta. Like, th- I real, I literally think of it as the Discord phase. So that will be like a little bit more handpicked or apl- uh, or applied for or something. But I hope to have kind, you know, of grow and grow and grow and grow that beta until there's quite a few people using the product. There's quite a few people in the Discord, and we're benefiting from that firehose friction stuff. Yeah, we are not there yet, but that's what that beta will be, and then that will smooth out the product and get it feeling good, and then. And public release is public release. You know, everybody right. gets it at that point. So <laughs> I'm excited for those days, but we're we're a very small team and we're just taking it slow on purpose. We have that we have that luxury as an existing profitable product. So yeah. slow and steady. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. That's what uh one of my engineer friends used to tell me all the time. Really? Because we yeah. literally did a podcast about like that phrase. Not long ago, not on Chop Talk, on on CodePen though. It's uh, my co-founder Alex is one of his favorites because it's like a military thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Mosesman, shout out, engineer from from Oklahoma City area. Uh, we were working on a startup together, and I was shipping a ton of stuff that like I would I would miss like a closing tag, and he was like, "Listen, I know we're under the gun, but like slow, smooth, smooth, fast, man. Just take take a breath before you." Open a PR. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> His feeling on that was that, that definitely that would have been under it, under it too. But it's it was almost more about debugging things that are really hard, and I really need to learn from him in that way because my tolerance for throwing up my hands on a hard problem <laughs> is weirdly low for as long as I've been in this industry. You know, I'm like, this test is failing. I'm like, I don't get it. I'm done. I'm out. You know, <laughs> Comment help out. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and working with Alex is such a pleasure because he freaking can solve anything. Like sometimes I'm sitting there debugging with him and he will dig to the middle of the earth to, <laughs> to discover what is wrong. But it, you, it doesn't look painful. It, lo- it feels slow and it feels smooth. And he can talk calmly through the whole thing. Like, oh, what's happening here? Well, let's log it. Let's look here. Let's dig into the node dependency. Let's, you know, we'll dig anywhere that needs to be dug to figure that out. And I can always identify while he's doing it where I would have, where, where my skill set fails. Where right. I've been like, I, I wouldn't have known to type PS grep ox thing pipe thing into the thing like i don't ha- i don't know how to do that so i i can't i can could couldn't have followed you to the middle of the earth because that's where i my skill set falls over but his does not you know uh, so let's talk about careers for a minute because that was kind of on your list of, of things that's on your mind, which I think is interesting. You have a uh, I would think like a little bit of a not traditional. I'm sure you have a weird paths and stuff, but you've bounced around to companies like I feel like most developers do. Right. Like the, in the grand scope of your career, you've been here and here and here and here. So, yeah, I think the reason why when you asked me, like, hey, is there anything you want to talk about uh, that came up is just I've been thinking a lot about um, non-traditional paths into the tech industry because, you know, I, I didn't I've said this like a million times to other people. Like I didn't even start in the tech industry until I was like 26 um, I got my first job at like a local, it wasn't even the tech industry, honestly, like it was like a local web design shop, uh, like just designing websites. And I didn't even get there till I was 26. I was managing retail stores and like part of an audio QA team at a telemarketing company for years before I ever figured out that design was something that someone would not just pay me to do, but like be psyched that they could hire me to do that for them. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, since then, definitely, like, I've bounced around and and there have been sort of, you know, highs and lows of figuring out what it means to be a part of the industry. But I think now, as somebody who's at a certain level inside of a relatively large company, um, I mean, for being a startup, you know, it's like, I don't know what the last count was, but, you know, we're north of like 700 people and that's, that's pretty sizable. Um, And I think one of the things that has become more clear over the last few years is that nobody knows 
how to level anyone and everybody assumes that if you have this title that you do this thing and there's very little wiggle room inside of that like you know i the the person that i work with the most at discord as another designer um we have completely different skill sets he is an insanely good like UI designer, he does video and motion graphics stuff. And I am so much further to like the, like I was saying, like, like a PM's designer. Like I want to figure out the simplest thing possible and I want to ship something and I want to understand what the strategy for these things are going forward and how we're going to fix that. But we're both, you know, same title, working inside the same org. And I think one of the things that we do a bad job of with titles and in companies is figuring out how to explain like, you know, this person is good at this thing. So this is, you know, you can't do that with a title, but there's gotta be a way that we can have a framework for a conversation inside of a company to talk about what people are good at. And weirdly, somebody just shared with me the other day that like meta or Facebook of of all people have like an actual functioning um, list of titles within product design that are oh, different specialties and you are graded sort of for, for leveling and everything based on being sorted into, it's a sorting hat essentially. <laughs> like you're put into one specific house inside of Facebook. And I, I, you know, for all the other bad things about Facebook, that's pretty rad. That's cool. I I love the idea of specialties because I feel like that's something you have to figure out, you know, like as you go, it's like, Oh, you're you like actually hate this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like I, we, you know, like oh, we hired you for this, but you like, you know, hate dealing with customers or I don't know, whatever. And so, like, like I think like figuring that out, you know, is pretty. I don't you know. Think it'd yeah. be obvious, but it just isn't, is it? It just isn't, you know. And and even the same title and stuff like that, you know. And I don't know. I joked a, a long time ago, wrote half a blog post, but like video, I think like even like video game rules where it's like, you know, are you a tank or a DPDS or are you like a, I don't know, a, a range fighter or something like that, like, yeah. or, or a support, you know, and I asked that on Twitter and a bunch of people said they were support and which is really interesting because you don't, you like, you don't think of that as like a a developer role is like, actually, I'm really good at like support. I can do PRs. I can fix patches if there's broken stuff. Like I'm pretty good at that. Like you don't think of, like we only think of things in the big buckets, right? And we don't really see the small buckets. And then we don't even see the, like the, even the interpersonal skills, you know, or, or like what is, yeah. you know, if you are on the team, uh, what, what shape does that give the team, you know? but It's almost unfortunate that money has to play into it, right? Because their, how much they like or dislike it may not actually matter to them, you know? If you've hired somebody and you're paying them, I don't know, $115,000 a year, $100,000 a year or something, and you sense them not liking their role, and you say, hey, it doesn't look like you like this very much, they'll be like, yeah, maybe I don't, but I don't care. I'm, you know, like... <laughs> I need this job. That this is a good job. I want this job. I don't how much I like or dislike it is freaking irrelevant to me, you know. Right, right. Yeah. But it's not irrelevant to you as their manager because it means that you're not getting out of them what you hope you would, you know. And and I think there's also a piece there where it's not just you're not getting something out of them, it's that you're as a manager, you're not able to support them in a way that pushes them forward in growth. And that is like the two times that I've ever managed designers, like that is the most painful realization that like, I can't support this person. I can't be the, um, the sort of support that they need to do their best work. And that, that sucks. Yeah, no, I mean, for me, it's like been like, you know, let me know what you don't like or when you're out of your wheelhouse. Cause like, let's get you back in the wheelhouse if we can't. Like, let's always kind of yo yo a bit, try to like grow the, I don't know, or what it fatten the tea, I think is the phrase we say in business. But um, like, let's try to do that. But then, like, let's, 
but let's also like get you back in the wheelhouse, you know, if, if that didn't go well or whatever. Um, just trying to, f- but, but that's hard. That's a lot of like, you know, I don't know. And, and there's like emotional stuff like EQ, emotional intelligence or whatever, just where you're just like, you know, that didn't go well. And so I need to not do that yeah. kind of work. Somebody else needs to, I mean, I think I learned that as like, hey, I, don't like setting up CMSs, WordPresses, crafts <laughs> anymore. I can. I'm sure I could do that. But if somebody else, we can pay somebody else to do that, that would be awesome. And I think we figured <laughs> that out and it it was wonderful, but it was like, took a while to figure out, you know? It's like, hey, that, that part isn't fun for me. So let's not do it. So 100%. Well, we're all dads too, huh? We got that in common. <laughs> oh, man. Dad stuff Damn. is the best. <laughs> You're an enthusiastic dad. I feel like you I are really to am. some degree, but you're yeah. you, you you outdad me. I think, uh, man. <laughs> how could you not be enthusiastic about it? Like, I know. I mean, I guess I know. I know people are not that enthusiastic about being a dad too, but like uh, having tiny humans that are psych. Like my my son at school the other day. Apparently, they were like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And he was like, "I want to be a product designer." And I was like, "What? <laughs> Good." Good, yeah. great job. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the best dad in the world, but I'm in the running. Um, like it's, <laughs> it's like it's just it's such a, it's such a huge and uh, like I'm gonna I'm gonna tell another story about one of my kids because this is amazing. We were um, talking to to my son a couple of days ago, and and you know he's a very active and very excited kid like he pops out of his room like Kramer coming through Jerry's door every morning <laughs> um and uh we were talking to him asking him how his day was because they just started public school for the first time this year they've been homeschooled up until now uh and so um we asked him how his day was and he was like hey you know I was talking to my friend Brock he said that his little brother was a mean kid and I stopped him and I was like hey Brock <laughs> there's no such thing as a mean kid like, you know, maybe he just needs a friend. And, of course, my my partner and I are just like, yeah, good job, buddy. Oh, and so, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. And then we left, and it was like, maybe parenting is actually, like, sinking in at this point. And he's nine. So it it's, like, the most insane ups and downs all the time. And I just I'm, – I'm – I feel, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say who out dads who, but I feel like in this, in this room now, there's just a lot of big dad energy here. And I think that's a <laughs> there good is, thing. There is. It, it's my tiredness, my general level of uh, tiredness. I also tried to send you to your room without iPad <laughs> earlier. And that was probably that was weird, a t- overkill. I understand. I only have one daughter, and she's been gone on a because I, I took a trip of my own doing some camping. And mom's like, "Wow, we're going on our own trip then," which was really wonderful and cool. And they they got to go to Atlanta and see the there's there's whale sharks at the at the at the uh, oh. aquarium in Atlanta. You know that? That's amazing. Whale sharks are freaking huge. Yeah. Wow. Uh, anyway, they all they had a great time and went to a lake house and all this stuff. But I haven't seen them in eleven days, which is a oh my insanely gosh. long time. I was definitely never been that long as a yeah, dad. That's, so I think I'm questioning. That's a long I'm like, time. Am I even a dad anymore after eleven days? <laughs> what value? What value do I bring to these yeah, family totally. units? Yeah. Literally, I'm so helpless alone. I'm just at the house, just just got the Apple TV remote in my hand, being like, I guess this is I guess this is it. Weird like uh plug for Wichita, just throwing this out there. And, you know, Dave, next time you drive through, Chris, if you drive through, we have an insanely good zoo here that has like manta rays that you can touch. Uh oh, and see? it is very, very cool. Just throw, throw that out there. Just be yeah, dad's and everything. True. Wichita, man, up and coming. Uh, <laughs> Which a month can you visit? You know? <laughs> Probably not in the winters. <laughs> For avoid, avoid. I mean, it's pretty chill mm. winter. I mean, not like not like warm, but like it's probably not blasted. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, my my brother in law who lives in Austin came up to Wichita when power went out last year. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he was oh. like, nope, here I go. Here I go. Yeah, that's true. It's on the correct grid. <laughs> um, 
Well, um, I guess, uh, I don't know. Uh, should we, we should wrap it up. I think we, do we have a hard stop? I, I don't know, but, um, Keaton, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Um, but, uh, I guess for people who aren't following you and giving you money, how can they do that? <laughs> Nobody needs to give me money unless they just really want to, and they can just sort of holler at me if they want to. Um, but uh, I'm I'm on Twitter a lot at Keaton underscore Taylor. Otherwise, like you know, I'm 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 just it's it's been an honor, fellow dads, hanging out <laughs> with y'all for an hour. Wonderful. Well, thank you for coming on and uh, dadding it up and. Um, if if y'all are ever in Wichita, the Drury Inn, they're not paying me to say this. It's fantastic. It's right there on the river. It's just beautiful. Across from the conference center, just beautiful. Drury Inn. There's a hotel. A There's drinks waiting for you. Drinks waiting for you oh, at the Drury Inn. So, there are. So, it's true. You should. Let's drink tickets. Anyway. I'm, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thank you, dear listener, for downloading this and your podcast your choice. If you work for jewelry uh, hotels and <laughs> establishments, <laughs> you can sponsor the show <laughs> totally up up there. And uh, follow us at Shop Talk Show for tens of tweets a month. And uh, join us in the Discord, patreon.com slash Shop Talk Show. Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Boo! ShopTalkShow.com.